0: Another edition of Jamal About Sports coming to you on a Friday, a football Friday, September 7th, 2018, kicking off the show, the Lemon Song by Led Zeppelin, off the, well, I guess you could call all their albums seminal albums, but for me, Led Zeppelin two was, uh, that was it. That was the one. remember buying the album at a record store on the Miracle Mile in either Manhasset or Great Neck. And uh, bringing that thing home and wearing it out, and uh, although there are many great songs on that album, whole lot of love, uh, the Lemon Song is uh, probably my favorite on uh, that album. Anyway, big show to get to. We've got, uh, as I said, a football Friday. We'll do a little NFL preview, go around uh, team by team. I will pre- predict division winners. Um, That's all we're going to do now I'm not going to do any Super Bowl predictions I'm not going to do any even really Well obviously the division winners uh, And wild cards and that's it Um, And also by uh, You know By place we'll do division So first, second, third, fourth place Uh, We also will do uh, Some Major League Baseball as well As we uh, still have about Solid three weeks left In the regular season as the Major League Baseball season Man, does that thing go on forever um, With uh, the Yankees somewhat struggling And uh, a heated rest out in the, uh, the National League West And of course we'll, we'll discuss of course, a couple of topics in the Mets Although, uh, you'll be surprised there, There's some optimism uh, surrounding the Mets Not a lot, but a little bit uh, But we start with the Colin Kaepernick uh, situation, if you will uh, the latest of which is this ad that he did for Nike. Um, and it's not just him. It's a pretty uh, skillful ad. I mean, Nike's always been known to do excellent uh, advertisements. Certainly, you know, dating back to the it's got to be the shoes with Mars, the Mars Blackman character played by Spike Lee during the, the height of the Air Jordan days. Um, you know, Bo Jackson and Just Do It. And so um, you know, listen. They they always create uh, iconic and, and compelling ads. Um, so the advertisement itself, well done, artful, artistic, um, and an interesting ad for sure. Uh, certainly, you know the, the 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 crux of the ad is you know sacrifice for something that you believe in. Uh, obviously. Uh, You know alluding to uh, If not basically blatantly calling out The fact that Kaepernick doesn't have a job Because let's be honest NFL owners are gutless And um, They don't want controversy Surrounding their team because of the Whole national anthem quote unquote Quote unquote national anthem protest Again it's not a national anthem protest It's been miscast as such It's been uh, misrepresented As such that is not the crux Of the issue the issue uh, was to bring to light uh, injustice against people of color, predominantly black men, um, as far as uh, you know police brutality is concerned. Uh, also, you know, I believe income inequality and, and some other issues. So, you know, but Trump and his ilk have painted it uh, with the brush of it's anti somehow anti-veteran, somehow anti-American, and anti-flag, which none of those things are true. So. Um, and, you know, Trump can't help himself. He keeps, you know, he, you know, as if he doesn't have bigger issues to deal with, uh, you know, he keeps lashing out at the NFL and now at Nike and you have these idiots out there on Twitter and Facebook and every other social media platform burning their Nike gear. I mean, the, the whole thing is quite ridiculous. It really is. I mean, what kind of a loser, what kind of a small person do you have to be to get so enraged about something to go out and burn something that you paid money for, and oh wait, let me understand something. So you object strenuously to Kaepernick's right, by the way, guaranteed under the First Amendment, two of the Constitution, to 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 protest peacefully. Um, by taking a knee, which again, uh, a former Green Beret told him to do that. Someone who actually served in the military, unlike all you. F- all these fake patriots out there Um, and chicken hawks and draft dodgers like the president himself. Um, But your protest by burning things, that's okay. That's all right. Okay. Now, flip side to this coin is it's a bit disingenuous on the part of Nike. This is the same... Corporation that uh, employed, let's call it less than ideal labor practices to be kind, slave labor to be unkind, um, for many years insists on making sneakers at exorbitant prices and then marketing them. To inner city kids who probably, in a lot of instances, can't afford those sneakers, to the point where, you know, it, ha- it hasn't happened recently, but there were, you know, there were incidents in years past of violence taking place over one kid trying to get those sneakers from another kid. And I think, sadly, in a couple of cases, actual deaths as a result. So let's perhaps hold off on. Nike being the paragon of social justice, shall we? It's a little disingenuous. And listen, I don't necessarily blame Colin Kaepernick. It's giving him a platform and a voice. Okay. Um, but let's, let's perhaps pump the brakes a little bit on anointing Nike now the arbiters of social justice. Okay. Uh, when, in fact, their record... Their track record, uh, again, particularly when it comes to workers and workers' conditions and rights, pretty laughably bad. You know, there was the old story, probably from about 20 years ago now, where the, the St. John soccer coach was appalled that St. John's, a Catholic institution that's supposed to uphold the ideals, right, uh, would be in bed with Nike, in business with Nike, when Given all of their transgressions when it came to how they treated their workers, particularly overseas, so it's a it's a bit disingenuous good ad it's a good ad, but again, so that's my two cents on that topic we we'll, We shall move on, and we'll move on to baseball. We'll finish the show up strong with football. Um, so we'll start with the Mets a little bit, so you know. <laughs> As 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 if anybody's listening to this show at all, you know that I'm a, a frequent uh, Mets critic, and and rightfully so. Frankly, they give you lots of stuff to criticize. They, they they can't help themselves. As one of the most poorly run franchises in all of sports, there's lots of fodder there. Um, and the latest one is the fact that they refuse to promote their best prospect, Peter Alonzo, who I believe between. Double A and Triple A this year Hit 36 home runs and drove in 119 runs And uh, for good measure In his last at bat In the last game ever played In Las Vegas for a Mets Triple A team Because thankfully they're going to be in Syracuse Next year after idiotically Spending four years in Las Vegas As their Triple A affiliate And I guess Apparently it was the last game ever played in that field Because it's getting an, an upgrade He hit a walk off two run home run After the Mets announced it, you know, gave every excuse in the book as to why he wasn't going to get called up. Oh, we need to get Jay Bruce playing time at first base. We need Wilmer Flores to play at first base. Um, 40-man roster issues. Uh, I mean, you know, he might be tired. I mean, every ridiculous excuse you could possibly muster, the Mets, of course, found a way to come up with. When this guy is by far their best prospect, it's not even close. Now, they did call up Jeff McNeil. Who was also having a great year at Double A with Alonzo And also a Triple A with Alonzo He got called up Of course they did that one too late also But for some reason Alonzo didn't get called up And so therefore You know Because as a Mets fan It wouldn't be exciting right now To see with the four starters rolling You know DeGrom's been great all year Wheeler's been great since, the, uh, since June Syndergaard His last start was fantastic, and Matt's last start was fantastic. With those four guys all looking good, and maybe a little hope for next year, yeah, you wouldn't want to see a big masher come up and play first base for the last month of the season, right? And with McNeil at second, and and as a Mets fan, possibly see the future of the right side of your infield for next year. Oh, I'm sorry. They also like to give the excuse about they, they have concerns about his defense. And I, I've gotten, I've talked about that ad nauseum. How they can, how convenient that is when they don't care about defense, any other position, including first base. Because Jay Bruce is not a first baseman, but he, at 31 years old, with a 600 OPS, having the worst year, year of his career, he can play first base. Okay. So, again, with the Mets, it, it, you know, anytime you want to give them, the, first of all, they they've never, they do not, they have not earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these things. Okay, on almost anything. But particularly these issues um, So Look Has the pitching, starting pitching been great? Yeah Has Gesellman looked decent As a potential closer for next year? I wouldn't necessarily rely on him But has he shown signs that perhaps he could be your closer next year? Yes Has Lugo been pretty good out of the bullpen as a setup man? Yep Drew Smith has actually looked very good McNeil's been a revelation He's been a breath of fresh air Nimmo after a you know, hot start And then a nice cold middle Is finishing up strong Which is nice to see Conforto Still not where you would want him to be But at least he's had a much better second half Than a first half And that's really Oh I'm sorry And Rosario has looked much better To be fair I hammered this kid all year He's been much better In the last say 25 games Stolen a few bases. He he can he runs the bases well now. Scores from first on a double almost automatic now. Defense has improved a little bit. Still not where you want it to be, but but better. So there's been some bright spots. But again, with the Mets, it's impossible to not look at things with a jaundiced eye. All right, moving off them. We'll take a look around major leagues You know, they just took to actually two out of three for the Dodgers Who we'll go to right now um, They are locked in a, a death match here With the Rockies and the, Ar- and, uh, and the Diamondbacks um, For first place in the NL West So, right now as it stands Do- uh, Rockies are in first place at 77-62, 15-over Dodgers are a game and a half back, two and a loss, comet 76 and 64, and the Diamondbacks are 75 and 65. So, Diamondbacks struggling, three and seven in the last 10, Dodgers, seven and three in the last 10, and the Rockies, six and four, have won five in a row. They've gotten hot. Now, the weird thing is, you know, a lot of people like run differential. I, I, again, I think you look at it with a grain of salt, it can be, you know, informative to a certain extent. Look at this though Dodgers are plus 129 on the year Rockies are minus 8 And the Diamondbacks are plus 84 Interesting It's just interesting I mean again Run differential can be misleading Right You know you could win A game 14 to 2 And you could lose a game 14 to 2 I mean you know It doesn't always You know again It doesn't tell the whole story But it's somewhat interesting I mean, the, the stats nerds love it. They think it's the end-all, be-all. That and, you know, a bunch of other idiotic statistics that they look in in a vacuum that have nothing to do with, actually, with actual baseball. But, okay. So, that bears a lot of watching down the stretch the National League West. And then you've got the NL Central, where the Cubs have pulled away. Cole Hamels, they picked up at the trade deadline. He's been a godsend for them. They're 83-57. and 57. The Brewers, who have really come back down to earth, although they're seven and three in the last ten, but they had a rough patch there for a while. Now they're 79 and 62, so they're in trubs. Although I believe they would be the first wild card if the season ended today. Yeah, they would, right? Because they have a better record than the Dodgers. Uh, and then the Cardinals have got have been hot now for about two months, and they're 78 and 62, so they're just a half game back and tied in the loss column with the Brewers. Now, Brewers, same problems all year Starting pitching I mean, look, that lineup is great Talked about it, I think, on the last show Kane, Yelich Moustakas was a great pickup Braun can still hit Aguilar um, Who am I leaving out? I'm leaving out somebody who's really good And I forgot about him the last time And I said I wasn't going to forget about him this time And I'm still forgetting about him Let's see Not the catcher Left field is Yelich Center field is Kane Mustakas is playing some Oh, Travis Shaw Travis Shaw also having an excellent year I mean, their lineup is really good Brewers' lineup is good They also just got Kurt, Curtis Granderson Not that he's a huge difference maker But still, you know, potentially dangerous bat so Brewers' lineup is good Bullpen is good Although, it's again, starting to show some signs Of overuse And the starting pitching is just not great Um Cardinals, I mean the, 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 the Cubs top to bottom are a good team You know, now Brandon Morrow, their closer Is going to be out for a little while longer That bears some watching, that could hurt them Down the stretch, or certainly if he's not Ready for the playoffs And then the Cardinals I mean, you know, look, they do it every year And they fired Matheny, and they hired this new Guy, they just gave him a, a three year contract Extension, the interim manager is no Longer the interim manager I mean, you know, Cardinals do this every year. Every year, they unearth three or four guys you never heard of, either a pitcher or a position player or both. You know, Yadi, the ageless Yadier Molina, just keeps on rolling. And you know, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take a look at the Cardinals. And by the way, memo to the Mets ownership: if you want to hire somebody to, to run your team the right way, you might want to start with this organization. That every single damn year Is in, is competitive You know Fred Wilpon once Infamously said I'd like to be playing Meaningful games in September Well the Cardinals Pretty much do that Every year for the last 50 years How about you go look at them To hire somebody Instead of some Yes man That's going to tell you What you want to hear All the damn time Sorry <laughs> Uh Let's see. Yeah, Matt Carpenter having the, the year of his life. The skinny slap hitting first baseman who somehow has 35 home runs this year. Molina is hitting 273 with 17 home runs and 61 RBIs, 772 OPS. That's excellent for a catcher. Plus he gives you still top-notch defense as a catcher. Marcelo Zuna who they got from the Marlins when the Marlins fire sale in the off year. Had not had a great year. But he's at 18 and 71 He had a horrible start to the year He's been better lately Uh, They got rid of Tommy Pham You know, Jed Jerko somehow is okay Uh, This guy that kills the Mets Paul DeYoung I mean, he's had an okay year He's not great I mean, their lineup is not great Dexter Fowler's been a massive bust for them So, I mean They got Matt Adams back from the Nats When the Nats started their sell-off I mean, it's not great and then even you look at their pitching staff. I mean, you know, some guy named Miles Mikolas. Here you go, perfect example. Miles Mikolas is fourteen and four for the Cardinals with a three with three hundred six ERA. You know, Carlos Martinez is supposed to be their ace. He's been hurt and inconsistent. He's seven and six now. Now he's coming out of the bullpen because they had Bud Norris as their closer, who's terrible. Even though he has 28 saves, but imminently hittable. Uh, you know, my guy Brett Cecil has been nothing short of a disaster for them at 667 ERA. I mean, I don't even know how the Cardinals are any good. I really don't. I mean, I know this Jordan Hicks kid out of the bullpen throws, you know, 100. What are his numbers? Okay, he's got 22 holds, six saves. But meanwhile, he throws hard He's not even averaging a strikeout in innings He's got 60 strikeouts in 68 innings He's got a 128 whip Not great, not terrible Not great It's okay, it's average I mean, I don't even know how they're any good I really don't But they do it every year, every year Last year was a bad year for the Cardinals They still were over 500 I mean, it's every year So there they are, 78 and 62 in the mix We'll go to the rest of the National League Let's take a look So right now the Brewers and the, and the Brewers and the Cardinals Are essentially tied for the first wild card Dodgers would be the second wild card But the Diamondbacks are right behind them So a lot still left To be decided In the National League And the, the American League wild card You got the Yankees Who despite being 87-53 and 53, With a massive plus 145 run differential you know, have basically been a 500 team for the last 60 games. They're not getting very good starting pitching. Uh, you know, Chapman's been on the DL. Poanzas spotty as a closer. Zach Britton has not been great. He's been better lately, but not great overall. Robertson has been inconsistent. You know uh, you know, the Yankees bullpen overall. Which was a major strength for them last year and was a, for a lot of this year, has been, you know, sprung some leaks. You've got the A's behind them at 84 and 57. They'd be the second wall card. The Mariners, right now, are five games behind the A's. So, you know, the Mariners, who were a nice story early and still have a good record at 78 and 62, but they've really, really fallen off a cliff. And Tampa Bay somehow, bless their souls And that's another one, Mets, so you might want to take a look at them Somehow they're 11 games over 500 Tampa Bay with, with their idiotic starting a reliever To pitch one inning to start the game And meanwhile they're 11 games over 500 So I, uh, You know You might want to look to that team If you're not going to spend any money, that team never spends any money They got rid of pretty much every, be- every good player they had And yet they're 11 games over 500 the Mets, you know, your Cespedes goes down And the whole world comes to an end Obviously the Red Sox are having a close to an historic year Plus 223 run run differential That's ridiculous 97-44 They're winning games every which way They, they came back and beat the Braves the other day They were down five runs They came back uh, Brandon Phillips, who they just picked up off the scrap heap A week ago uh, Came and hit a two-out, two-run homer To win the game for them they're rolling, they're gonna run away with it. They got a nine and a half game lead on the Yankees. Division's over. It's been over for a while. Indians, we talked about them. That division's been over for a while. They're 80 and 60, 20 over now, playing well lately. Time for them to get everybody healthy. Kipness has played much better for them in the second half. Brantley's back hitting, Lindor's hitting, and Cornacion's hitting. They got Jeff Donaldson, but immediately put him on the DL. We'll see if he even contributes at all. Ramirez is a stud. Lineup is plenty good. It's all about Kluber, Carrasco Clevenger Maybe they're going to get uh, Bauer back They've got Tomlin Bullpen has not been as good as it was last year Again, you know, Andrew Miller has been used a ton In the last five years Cody Allen has been used a ton Those guys are starting to spring, spring some leaks Andrew Miller has been hurt They did pick up Brad Hand from uh, The Padres He's having a nice year Indians should be a formidable out in the playoffs. An Indians Red Sox series should be very entertaining. And then you've got the Astros at 87 and 53. They had a ton of guys hurt for a while. Now it looks like everybody's back. They also look to be, you know, they have the second best record in, in, in the. They're tied with the Yankees, but they look to be a much better team than the Yankees right now because they've got Verlander, they've got Morton, they've got McCullers, uh, and they've got Garrett Cole. I mean right now with Severino's struggles for the Yankees, I mean Garrett Cole would be the Yankees first you know, you know uh starter in a, in a in a playoff game, in a play-in game if they're playing the you know if they're the first wild card. I mean he's better than anybody the Yankees got right now. And he's probably like the Astros fourth starter. Now, Astros bullpen I still don't trust, but that lineup is ridiculous top to bottom. So, that is your Major League Baseball Snapshot, if you will Alright, we'll take a break We'll be back with the NFL preview Right after this Alrighty, we are back here on a football Friday The 2018 NFL season Kickoff preview show uh, We had a game last night, actually As we always do these days uh, Thursday night football Between the Eagles and the Falcons And uh, Let's see, where, where do we start With this boar fest should we start with the fact that the game is delayed by about an hour due to weather, even though it's football? Obviously, it was lightning, but nevertheless. Uh, this is now the, the Lions-Tampa Bay game got delayed by lightning in preseason. Um, there was another game that got delayed by light. I, I've never seen so many games... Football games get delayed by lightning in my life before. I've been watching football for forty something years. Never, but 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 the, the climate's not changing at all. Um, so the the game got delayed. Then we had it was a flag fest. How many penalties in this game? I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, the game was hideous. This final score was eighteen twelve. Uh, let's go. To the box score I mean it was Every play was a penalty I mean every single play Was a penalty Or so it seemed Um, Let's see Let's go to the box score Let's see if they actually Will put penalties in here No they don't anymore In these ESPN Terrible box scores Um, Let's see where might I find? We'll find it. I, I'm I'm going to say, conservatively, the teams combined for 25 penalties. Just hideous, hideous. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't look very good. Um, threw the ball to Julio Jones a lot. Had a chance to win the game at the end. Threw the ball out of bounds. Julio Jones made a great catch, but he was out of bounds in the side of the end zone. Uh, Eagles didn't look all that great either By the way, Nick Foles didn't look good at all um, J.A. did decent work on the ground With two touchdowns and a two-point conversion um, Falcons didn't run the ball nearly enough I mean, Devonta Freeman had one nice run And then he had six carries, five the rest of the game um, It was just a hideous, ugly game I mean, not unexpected, first game of the year You know, sloppy Especially now, guys, lots of teams aren't playing anybody in the preseason games. You know, I don't, I don't know that it's instructive either way. You know, you can't tell after the first game for any team anyway. Um, so I, I don't think this means Philly's good and Atlanta's bad. I've got, got to see a lot more. I mean, Philly looks like they have a good team, though. I mean, obviously they won the Super Bowl last year. Most of the same guys back. But, you know, look, Nick Foles had a nice little magic carpet ride, okay? Nick Foles is not that great. And he actually didn't play particularly well In the playoff game against the Falcons last year Got bailed out at the end of the first half When uh, Keanu Neal dropped a gift-wrapped interception So, uh, now I understand he shredded a bad Patriots defense In the Super Bowl And he played well against the Vikings Who have a good defense I understand that But, you know, Nick Foles is, is, is he's, he's adequate But he's not a star And so nobody knows exactly when Carson Wentz is coming back. My point is, Carson Wentz is going to be out for an extended period of time. It's going to drastically change the Eagles. Okay? I mean, remember, Carson Wentz played the majority of the year last year, got the Eagles out to that good record. Now, as far as the Falcons are concerned, I mean, Matt Ryan did not look particularly good last night. Could have just had a bad game. Again, the Eagles' defense is pretty good. Old friend Jim Schwartz doing a great job with that defense. Um... You know, they had four sacks in the game, lots of pressures. So, uh, you know, they can make it tough. They have an aggressive secondary. And the weird thing with the Falcons, though, it's the same thing. They move the ball between the 20s, great. They get inside the red zone, and all of a sudden, you know, Julio Jones is off the field half the time. It makes no sense. Uh, you know, every time they get down inside the goal line, they, they pull them off the field. They go this heavy three tight end formation. What are you doing? I mean, if you, you, you gotta leave the guy out there I mean, if, if for nothing else To be a decoy and draw a double team Makes no sense The Lions used to do this nonsense with Calvin Johnson too Just drive me nuts So, um But let's go around the league, shall we? And we'll start out with the NFC East So I'm actually gonna pick Philly to win the NFC East Um You know, I'm assuming Wentz will be back sooner rather than later Um you know, they've got good weapons on offense. They've got that aggressive defense. Plus, I don't love the rest of the division. Uh, I like the Giants to be second. The um, thing that worries me about the Giants is secondary. Corners should be good. You know, I don't think Eli Apple's as bad as everybody else does. Uh, he's, he's actually very talented, and I know he had a lot of off-the-field issues, and he acted like a knucklehead last year. But... um uh, he's a talented kid, and seems, seems like he's got his head on straight. Landon Collins is a stud. Janoris Jenkins, you know, I, I think he's a little overrated, but he's still pretty good. Uh, free safety is a major question mark, and, you know, nickel slot corner, major question mark for the Giants. Now, I think they'll be pretty good up front. I like their linebackers. I love Lorenzo Carter, the pick out of Georgia. love B.J. Hill, the pick out of NC State, D. Lyman. Olivier Vernon, I understand, is hurt right now, but, you know, he he'll, should be back. For the majority of the season, um, I liked. Uh, why can't I remember his name now? Ogletree, linebacker, they picked up from uh, out of Georgia, kid from Georgia that they picked up from the Rams. Um, BJ Goodson, the uh, other linebacker, it's a good player. I mean, you know, Bechter with the new sort of hybrid 3 4 coming over from Arizona, Always, you know, those Arizona defenses are always tough. I think Giants defensive should be pretty good. Front seven should be pretty good. Uh, offense, all predicated on the offensive line. Will Hernandez is going to be an absolute beast at left guard. You don't worry about him. Solder is solid at left tackle. Uh, center and, you know, Halapayo, who knows, or Halipio, whatever his name is. And then, you know, uh, Patrick may. Who started for Jacksonville last year For a team that really run the ball His issue is pass blocking And then Eric Flowers A right tackle I mean that's the major question mark Right guard and right tackle Those guys hold up reasonably well Giants should put up a ton of points I mean look Barkley is a stud It's going to be a stud Engram is going to be a stud OBJ is a stud Sterling Shepard really good I mean Giants should be fine As long as the offensive line Plays reasonably well As long as they give Eli A reasonable amount of time Giants offense should be very good And you know, and Barkley is so good You know, give him a crack He doesn't need giant holes to run through Give that kid a crack and he'll be fine He will get yards on his own He will run over guys He will run around guys He will juke guys I mean, he's going to have a monster, monster year So, I like the Giants second place in that division I'm going to take Dallas third Um... You know, they have question marks now on the O line, which was, you know, the hallmark of that team for the last few years. They have no depth. Travis Frederick's out now with this with the disease. You hope he gets back okay. Um, Zach Martin got hurt in the preseason. He should be fine, but you never know. Might be lingering effects. Um, so there's some question marks around their O line. Major question marks at receiver. Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup are their receivers. Alan Hearns been okay. Down in Jacksonville. You'll see. You know, obviously, they've got Elliott back for a full year. That should help. Uh, And then on defense, very thin at safety, young at corner. Um, You know, Demarcus Lawrence had a breakout year last year. We'll see if he could do it again. Uh, Linebackers, you know, Jalen Smith, who knows? Sean Lee, when he plays, is great, but he's always hurt. Um, So, you know, we'll see. And then the Redskins, I think, uh, are are, are, are going to be not great. Now, I like a lot of their personnel on defense. I like the two Alabama kids they drafted the last two years. I like some of the guys in their secondary, especially Fabian Moreau. You know, they still got a uh, uh, kid from the uh, kid. He's not a kid anymore. Uh, hold on, hang with me, guy from Purdue. Uh... He was Ryan Kerrigan. Thank you very much. And also uh, the Smith kid from Mississippi State, two outside linebackers. I mean, I like R- R- Washington's personnel on defense. I do. Now, let me just go to it right now, take a quick look. Jonathan Allen. Um, let's see. All righty, shall we? Defense Okay of course it gives me Offense So defense Jonathan Allen Uh, Preston Smith Outside linebacker Mason Foster And Zach Brown Zach Brown I like Mason Foster Eh take him or leave him And uh, Ryan Kerrigan Skandrick Swearinger Josh Norman, overrated, big mouth, but still decent. Fabian Moreau. Um, why am I missing the other kid from Alabama that they drafted? What am I? What am I missing here? I mean, is this is ESPN? Is is, is this thing this bad? Hold on, let me just go to the roster for a second. Sorry, bear with me. Okay, no, Jonathan Allen and Duron Payne, yeah. I would assume Duron Payne is going to play, the kid they drafted this year. Um, anyway, I like the Redskins' defense. Offense, eh. You know, Alex Smith, I know he had a, 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 a renaissance in Kansas City. We'll see how he does there. Running game, suspect, now that Darius Geis is out. Um, receivers... You know, I like Jameson Crowder. He's a very good slot guy. Is Josh Stockton going to make a, a, a big step up this year? You know, Jordan Reed's a great tight end. Guy's always hurt. He needs to stay healthy. And their offensive line, to me, is a, a bit suspect. Um, so, you know, I mean, Trent Williams, everyone thinks he's great. He's okay. He's not great. You know, Brandon Scherf, the guy that drafted from Iowa, right guard. Eh. Morgan Moses, a right tackle. Eh. Ari Kwanjo from Alabama left guard Eh, I don't even know who their center is Some guy, Rulier, never heard of him To be honest You know, they just signed Adrian Peterson I mean, really? They got Fat Rob Kelly Samaje Pirine, Chris Thompson eh. Paul Richardson they gave a big contract to We'll see if he can Go from being, you know, a one-trick pony Deep threat with Seattle to being an actual Reliable, you know Multiple route tree runner for the Redskins We'll see but yeah, I'm not not in love with the Redskins Alright, moving on NFC North So We'll start with my Lions And sadly, I'm going to have to predict my Lions To be uh, the 4th place team In a four pla- team division um, Actually, no, I'm going to amend that 3rd place Vikings are the class of the division still I've been on record as saying I think Kirk Cousins is wildly overrated, and he's great until you know it actually counts. But that defense is still really good. He's got plenty of weapons with Diggs and Theline, and Rudolph and Dalvin Cook back, and Latavius Murray. You know maybe Laquan Treadwell actually does something for them. I mean, they, they, the the, the Vikings, and they have a good offensive line. The Vikings should be fine on offense. And the defense is still really good So um, And Mike Zimmer's a good coach So unless they have a barrage of injuries Like they did two years ago Vikings are the class of that division I unfortunately Grudgingly have to say the Packers Are the second best team in the division Purely because of Aaron Rodgers The rest of that roster frankly doesn't scare me But that guy's so good Uh, Plus they get favored nation status from the refs Anytime they play in Green Bay So I'm going to have to say the, the Packers is second Now the Bears just got Khalil Mack. I like their defense before that anyway. They've been assembling sneakily a pretty good defense. Uh, the big question mark is on offense. Mitch Trubisky, do you believe in him or not? He showed some signs last year. He wasn't all horrible, he wasn't great, but they put some weapons around him. They got a good running game with Jordan Howard and then Tariq Cohen's a change of pace back. They signed Allen Robinson. We'll see if he's ready to step forward and be a true number one. Uh, they signed Taylor Gabriel, who's a good deep threat. They've got uh, – they signed Trey Burton, the move tight end from Philly. Uh, Adam Shaheen, their draft pick from last year, the giant tight end is hurt. He's going to miss at least the first six games. So big question mark with the Bears is the offense. Is the offense going to be any good? Now, with the Lions, the offense should be good, should be really good – Just like the Giants Giants and the Lions Are very similar I think Stafford's better At this point in his career Than Eli is But certainly The Giants have a better Running game with Barkley Than whoever the Lions have Although I have to say I was not high On the on Johnson pick I liked what I saw From him in the preseason And LeGarrette Blount Should be a nice compliment As far as a short yardage Back and a goal line back But You know, Lions' skill position is very good with Tate and Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay hopefully makes a step forward after a promising rookie year. I think the Lions will be just fine at tight end. I understand Michael Roberts didn't have a great preseason. They'll be fine. Between him, Luke Wilson, this kid, Hakeem Valles that made the roster who had a very good preseason, signed off the practice squad late last year, they'll be fine. They'll they'll, they'll manage to uh, match Eric Ebron's massive production. The whole question with the Lions, just like the Giants' offensive line. You know, Bob Quinn talked about it many times on the show. It's not for lack of trying. He's devoted a lot of resources to the offensive line. Taylor Decker, first-round pick. Frank Ragnow is going to start at left guard, first-round pick. Graham Glasgow is going to start at center, third-round pick. Same draft as, as Decker. Right guard, TJ Lang, high-priced free agent. Right tackle, Rick Wagner, high-priced free agent. Well, last year the Lions are one of the worst offensive lines in football. And Larry Warford Who was the starting right guard the year before Who couldn't play here Wasn't good enough Somehow was good enough to start for the Saints last year Who had two of the best running backs And one of the best offenses If not the best offense in the NFL last year And then Riley Reef Starting left tackle for the Vikings last year Made the championship game Wasn't good enough to play here But somehow could start for the Vikings Who had a very good offense last year So just saying, maybe Bob Quinn doesn't know How to evaluate offensive linemen that well Just throwing it out there Look I understand TJ Lang was banged up Last year, guess what, he's always banged up And now he's, now he's 30 It's not going to get less so, it's going get, to just get worse You know, Rick Wagner Was coming off a so-so year with the Ravens He, he was not even so-so For the Lions last year, he stunk Taylor Decker, you want to give him a pass because he missed the first half of the year last year because of an injury? Okay. He looked awful this preseason. Spent half the preseason on his ass. Frank Ragnar was really the only guy that looked looked good, and I didn't even like that pick because if you're going to play him at left guard, then just draft Will Hernandez. But he looks like he's going to be pretty solid. So, listen, I'm happy to be proven wrong. So, the offensive line is going to dictate whether or not that offense is as good as it can be. Defense looks like it's going to be a horror show I mean, look, the secondary is deep And should be good, just like last year Linebackers, tons of question marks there Jared Davis, you know, looks at this point like a two-down linebacker at best Which is not what you want from a first-round pick Uh, You know, Devin Kennard, look, I like him, but we'll see I mean, look, basically what Bob Quinn is telling you If you're a Lions fan, it's just trust me I know what I'm doing We don't need names We're going to Copy the Patriot way And Matt Patricia Is such a genius That he's going to Mold these guys These no-name guys Into big time players And that's all well and good But how did the Patriots Defense do in the Super Bowl Last year With a bunch of No-name guys How did it do Against the Chiefs In the first game Of the year last year When they got shredded By Alex Smith how they do in the game against the Steelers When with about a minute left The Steelers needed to go the length of the field score a touchdown They did Only to have it overturned by that stupid No-catch rule When Jesse James crossed the goal line Basically spiked the ball And then they said it wasn't a catch So, listen I'm not blaming it all on Patricia My point is that I don't give a damn What kind of a genius you are You need players And the Lions don't appear to have any players On defense that scare anybody At least in the front seven Maybe Ziggy Ansah if he's healthy Again, another one who's never healthy Other than that There's nobody up front that scares anybody a. Sean Robinson barely made the team The only reason he made the team is because he was second round pick two years ago He's been awful They just caught Anthony Zettel Who was the second most sacks on the team last year With six and a half Now they replaced him with Romeo Aquara from the Giants Who I like, but hasn't had the success In the pros yet that Anthony Zettel had they, they got Eli Harold from the Niners. Why not take a flyer on him? I liked him come out of Virginia as an edge rusher, as a linebacker. We'll see. Again, look, Matt Patricia did turn Kyle Van Noy into a player, which I thought was impossible. So we'll see. But I am not overly optimistic. This looks like a six win t- team to me, based on a line schedule. Told you the first four games. Home against the Jets on Monday night. Look. I know they're a touchdown favorite Rookie quarterback for the Jets and all that I get it I don't take anything for granted I will be betting on the Jets So I can hopefully get my win-win And look, if the Lions are going to have any chance at anything It's a game they have to win Week 2 at San Francisco Right? Cross-country trip on a short week Not going to be easy Week three at home against the Patriots on Sunday night. You can put that down as a loss right now. Oh, and by the way, book this. Lions had, the last few years, a little scat slot receiver by the name of Jace Billingsley. You know, basically a Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, uh, Danny Danny Amendola clone. So Lions cut him. And who picked him up? The Patriots practice squad But he'll be active for the game that week And he will do something to help the Patriots win that game Whether it's a big catch on third down Whether it's something on special teams He will do something to help the Patriots win that game Just book it right now You heard it here first, Chase Billingsley Everyone's going to be going, who's this guy? Yeah, former line And then week four at Dallas Who's not, you know, listen It's not a guaranteed loss But all road games in the NFL are tough Particularly early in the season when teams are generally at full strength So again, I wouldn't be surprised with one and three I'd sign up for two and two right now The one thing I will say is I think The lines, what you'll see from them is probably a really rough first half Two and six, three and five I think you'll see a much better team the second half of the year Look, the bottom line is there's a major adjustment period here for these players Caldwell is a completely different coach than Patricia not only from a scheme standpoint, particularly on defense, because offense is going to be the same because they kept Jim Bob Cooter the offensive coordinator, but on defense it's a much different scheme now. They were a traditional flat base four three team. Now they're going to be a hybrid three four four three. They're asking defensive linemen to do different things: one gap, two gap. Right. The last scheme was just go, just get up the field and go. That's not what this scheme is now. Particularly for the de So there's going to be a learning curve It's going to be an adjustment period Then just plus from a culture standpoint Right Caldwell was much more laid back Right Treat the guys with respect I'm not saying Patricia doesn't treat them with respect But I mean the practices have been much longer Much more physical A lot more running They didn't do anything under, under any, any of that stuff under Caldwell Caldwell Get in Get your work done Get out Patricia's got these guys out on the field for three hours Now that will likely pay dividends Or you hope it does anyway In the second half of the year I think in the first half of the year You're going to see an adjustment period You're going to see guys struggle again Both from a scheme standpoint And also, you know, just trying to get to know the coach I mean, say what you want about Caldwell And I was not as his a fan But I, one thing I always did say is the players liked him They respect him and they played hard for him So I can easily see three and five, four and four, seven and nine. Wouldn't be surprised at all. All right, we'll go to the NFC South. I right, think the class of that division are the Saints. I think, you know, they made strides on defense last year. They got the offense coming back this year now. I understand Ingram's suspended for the first four weeks. They've got plenty of firepower. Should be just fine. I think Atlanta's the next best team in that division. Talked about them earlier. Carolina will be interesting. So Christian McCaffrey's going to get the lion's share of the, of the load now in the backfield. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um... They've got Norv Turner as their as their offensive coordinator. Um, DJ Moore, my guy out of Maryland, one of their top receivers. Now Devin Funches is the other. And, you know, it'll be, and they still have Greg Olson. And you know my feelings on Cam. Cam is great when things are going well. He's a great front runner, But the second the chips are down, you know what Cam's going to give you. Moping, shoulders slumped, towel over the head on the sidelines, whiny postgame press conference. I'm not saying he's not tough He's tough He takes tons of shots He doesn't get nearly enough calls I don't know why He's tough Physically And he keeps playing I'll give him that And he's clearly Obviously Extremely talented There are times when he can't hit the broad side of the barn And there's times when he makes throws that you jaw will drop And obviously we know he can run But it'll be interesting to see how Cam adjusts to North Turner's style, which we all know, right? Like to run the ball actively, lots of tight end stuff, right? Going back to the days of Jay Novichek in Dallas, and then take deep shots down the field. Now, they don't really have anybody to take deep shots down the field. Devin Funches is a big, slow, lumbering possession receiver. And DJ Moore, while I like him a lot, he is like a Steve Smith type Now Steve Smith could get behind you But he's not a 4-3 guy So we'll see And I think that defense should be pretty good Tampa Bay I think is, is bringing up the rear You know what my feelings about Jameis Winston Can't stand him off the field Don't think he's all that good on the field Plus he's suspended for the first three games anyway uh, You know that defense is not very good They've got good linebackers in Quan Alexander and Levante David They've got one good D lineman in Gerald McCoy uh, Their safeties stink Chris Conte's awful um, Frank Grimes is a million years old So they're one of their starting corners I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a big Tampa guy And then you go out to the west The west Certainly, the Rams look to be the class of that division again coming off the big year last year. Be interesting to see if there's any sort of sophomore slump, though, with some of those guys. But, you know, they've got Gurley, Goff, Cooper Cup. They just got Brandon Cooks in the offseason, speedy wide receiver, formerly from the Saints and the uh, Patriots. Robert Woods had, uh, had uh, a breakout year down the stretch for them last year. Defense in Dominican Sue to lead Marcus Peters To, to add to an already pretty good group You know, Aaron Donald, probably the best D-lineman in football, he put him next to Sue That should be interesting to see It's going to be a handful, you would think, for teams Arizona I mean, I guess what game does Sam Bradford get hurt in Is the question, and then how good is Josh Rosen Going to be as a rookie? I mean, that's basically what it comes down to San Francisco, listen, everybody's in love with Jimmy Garoppolo because he threw seven touchdowns and five interceptions, but the Niners won their last five games. Yeah, three, against, three game, came against either teams that were bad or were playing for nothing, okay? So let's all just relax about Jimmy G and how great he is, how he's the second coming. Now, they're building, some, they, they're building something out there. They've got some nice pieces. They've got some young talent on that defense. But let's pump the brakes before we start anointing Jimmy Garoppolo as the next Montana. And then Seattle, I think, is in for a real rough year. I mean, pretty much that whole defense is gone except for Earl Thomas. I mean, no more Richard Sherman, no more Cliff Averill, no more Michael Bennett. Still had Bobby Wagner. Earl Thomas didn't practice all preseason. He was holding out. may not even play week one. Um, So, And then that offensive line still isn't very good. Running game suspect, although I like Rashad Penny a lot, rookie running back out of San Diego State. You know, they've got Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett at receiver. And that's about it. And I mean, look, Russell Wilson's really good. But I just, I don't think, I I think Seattle's in for a rough year. All right, we're kicking over the AFC. We're starting the AFC East. Patriots, again, class that division. Now, look, I understand they lost a million receivers. does it ever matter with them? I mean, they, 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 you know, the years they have great receivers The great receivers, like when they got Moss You know, when he, when, when he decided he wanted to play again After he was done pouting in Oakland He was great You know, but I mean, look they, they, They've been doing this for years Wes Welker, Amendola, Julian Edelman I mean, they just unearthed guys And these guys are just always good So, I understand no Brandon Cooks this year You know I don't think it's going to matter They still have Gronk and, you know, they'll come at you with their stable of, 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 of pedestrian running backs who are somehow good. You know, the little scat backs, James White and whatever, and they all fill a role and they all just keep rolling along and a bunch of no-name linemen nobody ever heard of somehow are good. And, I mean, and then same thing on, on defense, it'll be the same thing. So, Patriots are the Patriots. The rest of that division looks to be, frankly, pretty awful. Now, you know, we'll see with the Jets At least there's hope there They've got some young pieces Obviously the quarterback being first and foremost I like the Isaiah Crowell pickup Jets' offensive line, though, is not very good uh, You know, Robbie Anderson's a talented receiver He's a bit of a knucklehead, we'll see Jets have question marks, at tight end A lot of youth there, no production yet And then on defense, where are they going to get a pass rush from? Two good safeties with May and uh, Jamal Adams. They signed uh, a corner from uh, Trumaine Johnson from the Rams. You know they've got Leonard Williams, D-line, Steve McClendon. I mean, you know uh, Darren Lee. Middle linebacker, we'll see. Jets might have some questions on defense, and again, not sure where you're getting a pass rush from right now. Uh, the Dolphins look to be fairly awful, uh, as and the Bills. I like their team, but I don't know what they're doing at quarterback because they got rid of Tyrod Taylor, then they signed AJ McCarron. They gave him a chance to win the job in preseason. I guess they didn't like what they saw, because they traded him to the Raiders, and now they're rolling with Nate Peterman. He of the five interception game last year Against the Chargers Now I understand you don't judge anybody by their worst performance But uh, we shall see And then you know Josh Allen The kid from uh, Wyoming Their first round pick You would suspect he'll be starting at some point this year You go to the A- AFC North I think Pitt's still the class of that division I understand the Le'Veon Bell uh, You know Situation—he still hasn't reported yet. There's been some, some. There's been some infighting, or so it seems. You know, Pouncey the center said we're not just one guy. Of course you're not. I bet. I bet you James Conner plays well for as long as he plays. Bell will be back probably by week two. That offense still should be ridiculous. And uh, you know, we'll see how they do on on defense this year. At times it was good l- last year. You know, at other times not so much. Um, But I think the Steelers are the class of that division. You know, look, Cleveland's obviously going to be better. They can't be as bad as they were last year. They probably win four or five games. Cincinnati, I think, is in for a rough year. In fact, I have Baltimore second. I don't love them either. But Baltimore second, Cleveland third, Cincinnati fourth. AFC South, Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee, Indy. Could be a very good division. I mean, Jacksonville As long as Bortles plays reasonably well They're going to win a lot of games That defense is tremendous And Fournette's a stud Houston, they've got Watt back They've got Whitney Merciless back They've got, of course and as, If not most importantly The quarterback back Houston should be very good Tennessee could be very good They didn't make the playoffs last year Now you know, I think I think Derrick Henry, the running back, is going to have a monster year. You know, Mariota, the book's still out on him. And then Indianapolis, with luck back, could be good. Now, they've got major issues on defense. We'll see if the O-line finally can actually protect him. But I think the Colts could be, that could be a very competitive division. Now, I think Jacksonville wins it. The next three to me are a toss-up. And then finally we go out west Where my Chargers You know I talked about them a lot last year Remember the Chargers lost about four games last year Because they didn't have a kicker who could make a kick Or then they had a kicker and then the guy got hurt in the middle of the game I mean they got undermined By bad kicking in special teams More than any team I've ever seen in my life The rest of that team is very good That defense is strong Now I know Bose is missing the first game of the year As long as that's not going to hinder him all season That defense is going to be monstrous Rivers still gets it done They run the ball with Gordon Keenan Allen's a stud they, That's going to be a good team Chargers are going to win that division Kansas City will see if, if Pat Mahomes Is a major upgrade over Alex Smith They're certainly going to throw the deep ball A lot there with him, he's got a rocket for an arm, and I think Denver and Oakland are both in for rough years. Oakland, in particular, John Gruden flat out's a clown. He's a flat out clown, and the way they ran Khalil Mack out of town is a joke. And then they try to be all disingenuous and say, "Oh no, we wanted to keep him," but no, they, they, they had no intention to keep him because John Gruden's all about John Gruden. So John Gruden wants to prove to the world that he can win without any players because it's all about him. Watch, watch, watch I, I, I guarantee you sometime through Way through the year He's going to come at Derek Carr Watch, just watch Alright, that's going to do it For this week's show As always, you can catch us on iTunes, on SoundCloud Twitter at Jamal About Sport Also on Facebook, Jamal About Sports Page, and then also on My website, jamalaboutsports.com Thanks for listening. Enjoy all the football this week, and we'll be back next week to recap week one in the NFL. Until then, peace out.